Today, we're gonna to talk about four major joint pain areas and how we can work around that pain. Because I will not let you, well, quit on you, and neither should your joints. So, let's get into it. Jombo, my friends, welcome back and welcome to what? The Foss, an alternative fitness podcast for alternative fitness paths and habits to reach your active goals. My name is Zoe, or the coach Zoe you know, and today, like I said, we're going to talk about four major joint areas and how we can work around that pain because it is taking away from the work that we need to do to get you to that activity and that fitness goal that you are trying to reach. This is good for anybody who's young, if you're in sports already and you're having some of these joint pains and kind of some things to work on, or if mentally or physically you feel a bit older than you should and you're wanting to work on some of these things. This isn't something specifically um, for people who maybe have had surgery on certain joint areas or have some issues with arthritis. Although some of these exercises will apply in the same way, they might not be the exact same fix that some other more specified physical therapy type exercises might be for those. But if you're outside of that surgery or arthritis pain for these specific joint areas, then this will probably bring you some benefit. But before we get into that, I need you to tell you about today's sponsor. And today's sponsor is Guard Clips for your trimmer. Guard clips for your trimmer. Because when you're needing to trim your beard, but you don't want to have a baby face, but then you try to use that guard and you end up accidentally stepping on that guard, breaking it, trying to look it up online and realize that to buy those guards, you have to buy a 12 pack of guards and the 12 pack of guards costs about half the price of the trimmer instead. So why not just get the trimmer? Guards for your trimmer. Because when you need them, you need them. Anyhow, back to the topic on hand. So, talking about joint pain, I want you to visualize something for me. I want you to imagine that you are hanging off a cliff and it goes down into a bunch of sharp edged rocks over a very stormy sea. And you're holding on for your dear life and all of a sudden I come over the edge and I'm out here and I reach out my hand and I say, I got you. you. Put your trust in me and you give me your hand and I'm holding on and I'm trying my best to pull you up and I'm getting there. But then all of a sudden you feel that knee pain that you had from way back in the day. And it just keeps building like this fire inside your joint and you know you need to try to grab your knee to try to bring that knee pain away, but you're hanging off a cliff, so you can't let go of me and comfortably reach down for your knee. And at the second where I think I'm about to bring you up, you release from my hand, and you grab your knee because that pain is so tight and you're trying to massage your knee out and stretch it out as you're falling down to the jagged rocks below. That story, which is way too elaborate for what I'm talking about, is basically how I feel 
um, when people tell me about some of their joint pain being the reason that they can't work out. It's not that I feel that I'm letting you go or that I'm some problem for you not being able to work out with me or to work out in general. It's more that you're kind of letting yourself go. And the reason I say that is because the amount of people I've run into who tell me that, oh, well, I love to work out um, and be active just like I was in the good old days because their glory days are always behind them. And they say, ah, but I have this bad joint, so I'm not able to do it. If I keep hearing that, I'm going to lose my mind because it is so untrue that just because you have some joint pain, that's why you can't work out. It's not because of that joint pain or that one single joint that you can't work out in general. It's because you got lazy. It's because this hurdle came in your path and because of that hurdle, you decided, well, instead of figuring out a way around the problem, I'm just going to avoid the problem in general. I say it from this point because I was at that same point at one point in time. See, playing contact sports, a lot of people can relate to that with some things of joint pain considerations. After I played rugby, I recalled through rugby just having some kind of joint pain around the ankles and the knees. And when I had this, I figured, oh, well, it's because I did my best to do a bunch of heavy lifting and I just beat up my joints playing rugby, heavy lifting at the same time, doing some running at that same time. That, that was just how you feel after doing those sports. So still in my 20s, I figured, well, this is just one of the side effects of playing the sport. I loved playing rugby. And if this is a side effect of just having some really bad aching knees, then that's just how it is. And it would be something where I couldn't sit in a car for too long because my knees would start to build up with this fire inside them where I had to straighten them out or loosen them up how I could. And I just thought that was it. And so from that, I figured, well, instead of trying to work on it, I'm just not going to work as hard on it. And I did this until I actually was fed up with it and I figured out a way around some of the joint pain that I was experiencing, for me specifically in my knees. And instead of seeing this as something where, oh, well, why can't I just sort of avoid it? Or why can't I just say, oh, well, I did exercise at one point in time, but now I just don't feel like it anymore. In my mind, it's sometimes different than other people's points of view, but for me, laziness is something that's earned. It's not a way of life. It's not something that just because you had this time for a tiny portion of your life in the first, let's say, 20 years of your life, that after that, ah, you earned it, you're fine. Just be lazy, just avoid the problems that you might have with your body. No, I don't see that as being the laziness being earned. I see it as something where you keep checking back in day to day, and it's something that you earn on a regular basis, not something you clock in a bunch of hours before and then be lazy for the rest of your life. And 
now that we kind of got that out of the way, I'll get into the bit about um, four specific joint areas and the basically the knee, not well for me knee pain, but uh, the four joint areas and specifically things that I wouldn't recommend you do, but then also movements that I would recommend you practice or attempt to do in these cases. Again, this is a case-by-case -case basis. This is a bit more of a generalization. So if you hear this and you try some stuff and you go, Oh, well, Coach Zoe, that didn't quite work out for me. Why would you betray me like that? Kathy, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to betray you, but I'm giving this on a general basis so that it will help somebody out there who might be experiencing one of these areas of joint pain and not really sure how to train around that joint pain to keep moving. So four areas, we're gonna break this down, kind of starting from top of the body, working our way down to the bottom. And the first area I wanna talk about is the shoulders. So a lot of people have some things where they're like, oh, I used to play some football and now my shoulder feels all cracky and messed up and painful when I try to do this. And it's like, well, stop doing that. There's other ways and angles to train your shoulder. I think everybody always thinks of training your shoulders. It's this big thing of like doing barbell overhead presses or some huge move overhead, right? Because it's like some big thing with the shoulders. And that's one of the things I would recommend not doing if you have some of this shoulder pain right now. Not to say you shouldn't do this ever in your life, but if you're trying to get around the shoulder pain at first, this is the route I would go. Make sure you don't go into the overhead pressing route or more of like the jerking kind of movements that press up or go in all different directions of jerking shoulder movements because it's only probably putting more stress on that joint than you need it to, especially around your shoulder joint. The way that your shoulder is lined up with the rest of your collarbone and it's in that socket, um, doing this upward motion this way, kind of keeping your hand in front and doing that motion, isn't really going to help um, any of the shoulder pain you might have to get that stronger. What I would do instead is I would start with some tension push-ups, which means just going really slow, controlled, time under tension on those push-ups. If normal push-ups to the ground are too difficult or they put too much stress on your shoulder, start with more incline push-ups, which means your upper body is higher than your lower body. And when you do these, start with those. And I would also work what's known as shoulder cars. Shoulder cars, it's, um, if you research C-A-R-S, all capital letters, um, it's basically a, large rotation and some kind of range of motion work that you can do with your shoulder, usually being right up next to a wall or a weight rack or something like that, where you're going through, you're working your way all the way around and trying to make that turn with your hands which out, without hitting anything around you in your set and working your way back down in that full range. The closer you are to the wall, the more difficult it is. The farther away, the less difficult. But you're just trying to work on that range in your shoulder, keeping a nice straight arm. Just remember to research shoulder cars, C-A-R-S. Now, as far as once you get past those tension push-ups, some cars, I would work into more of kind of some neutral pressing moves. So what I mean by that, if you're doing a bench press, right, and you have your palms towards your feet, you're using a barbell and you're doing this bench press. Sometimes it can put that same tension in shoulder in the front of your deltoid or front of your shoulder. 
that you might be experiencing on a normal basis. Instead, I would think about different pressing moves where you're pressing out away from your chest. My shoulder just popped there, so I guess that tells you a lot. But when I'm doing this press and I'm pressing straight out where my palms are faced in towards each other or think about your palms being faced in towards your ribs. Um, so thinking about neutral presses like that and sometimes variations of lateral raises or like side shoulder raises with dumbbells and kind of working your way up in those. That's the way I would start with some of the shoulder stuff. Next area as we work our way down of the second major joint area is the hips. The hips are always kind of an interesting one. They have some problem areas where people have hip issues and then they think they have lower back issues where most of the time it's actually issues with their hip that they feel like is causing these lower back issues and they think they're trying to stretch out the lower back and do everything there even though it's usually more specifically around their hip joint a little bit lower than they think so one of the things is you want to avoid like high impact activities for the hips think about plyometrics or jump training you kind of want to avoid that immediately off if you have some of this hip pain going on now if you're in a sport or something like that that requires some of it i totally understand but when we get to the things that you should do maybe you could do some of these on the side around your sport so trying to avoid plyometrics jump training as much as you can at first that high impact stuff um, will help a fair bit if you avoid that so instead what i want you to go for is i want you to go for things uh, first off that would extend the hips uh, nice big glute bridges going on the floor those would be great for kind of opening up the hips but also allowing your glutes to take some of the stress off of that hip joint sometimes uh, weak glutes is the cause of some of that lower back pain and also some hip pain in some cases then you can do the same thing that you did with shoulders. You can do hip cars. Hip cars are kind of the same thing where you have this nice big rotation. Um, you're working your way through on each leg. Again, I would research hip cars, C-A-R-S. That would probably help a lot. And then you could also get a lot of hip flexion moves. So the reason I get these hip flexion moves, these can be lying leg raises, these can be hanging knee raises. Think of kind of movements, you think of some old school movements for your abs. Uh, that people would recommend reverse crunches things like this because some of that hip flexion stuff it'll help strengthen around that actual hip flexor itself but it'll also help with the abs in this case to help engage more of your abs as long as you think about still pulling your ribs down towards your hips i always tell people make a fighter's gut which is kind of like bracing for a punch so pulling your ribs down towards your hips while you're doing some of these lateral not lateral some of these hip flexion movements and from here then I would think about um, working our way down so if we've covered the hips we're gonna think about the knees going next and for the knees one of the things I would say is do your best not to deep lunge or do really deep uh, squats um, and I would also not try to slam your knees. The reason I say this about the slam the knees is because of somebody who I used to play rugby with. You know, I don't care. Um, I'll also tell you who they are. So, uh, Ryan. So, Ryan, if you listen to this, um, I remembered one point when we were 
working out in the gym, uh, all of us on the team working out in the gym. And Ryan, um, not called Ryan, he was more called by his last name, which sometimes happens in rugby. But Ryan was always in the gym. And when he was doing some like reverse lunges and lunging type motions, man, he would always bounce his knees off the floor every single lunge that he would do and it almost caused me pain inside to always see that happen um, but at the same time ryan was basically um like a tin man like a machine he could basically if something went wrong he'd just kind of try to um wrap something around that part or that joint or whatever it was and then just go out and do work again. So kudos to you on that, but more of that story, don't slam your knees. You're just, it, there's no purpose to, it kind of has a strong lack of control. If I see you bouncing your knees, doing lunges or whatever exercise you attempt to be doing where you have to bounce your knees. So uh, just try to take it in control when you do stuff like that. So don't slam your knees, um, avoid deep lunges and deep squats because that can sometimes put um, some excess stress on your knees. Not to say that some further ranges aren't good for people in general, just to say in this case, if you're having this knee pain, what I would do instead is I would work on uh, three specific exercises. The first one would be doing different exercises for your hamstrings. This can be a great way without having to bend your knees to strengthen some of the area behind your knees and to have other parts of your leg take over for those areas of knee pain. So you wanna think of things kind of like uh, Romanian deadlifts, uh, some variations of normal deadlifts, but again, um, start with a lighter load and kind of take it up from there as you feel. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Romanian deadlifts and also uh, Russian leans. Uh, there's a different name for that, but that's the name I learned. So uh, if you search that, you'll find those. And the second one would be step-ups. I think step-ups are a great one for working on being stable in the knee. Um, people, even with knee pain, will do step-up type motions all the time. So if you have some of this knee pain, I would recommend starting with kind of body weight step-ups. You're just trying to work on control, trying to work on not crashing back down to the ground when you step back off the box. And starting from there, working your way to maybe a higher box and also adding weight as you feel appropriate. The third one would be some more um, lateral raising motions in the legs. So um, there's different types of kind of glute kickbacks and which isn't lateral, it's more reverse, but hey, I'm making this as I go. So getting some of those reverse um, kind of like kickbacks can be good for the knees because again, we're trying to get some of that glute or that butt recruitment. That sounds weird, but whatever. <laughs> Getting some of the uh, glute muscle activation going on and also working on some of those lateral raises because um, we get some different areas of the glute when we work on um, that area specifically, but also you get a little bit of some of the lateral or outside edge of your quad or on the upper part of your leg that can get some work in there too to help support that knee. Hmm. Excuse me. Sorry, uh, itchy nose happens. So don't slam your knees, deep lunge or squat or deep squat. Try to work more on hamstring work, step ups and some different variations of glute raises. 
The final area would be ankles. Now with ankles, um, I'm someone who my ankles sound like a bag of Orville Redenbacher on its last 10 seconds in the microwave where it's just popping all over the place. So what I usually avoided when I was trying to work on some areas in my ankles was, again, I would avoid some major kind of plyometrics. Again, if it's something like running, which I did and continued to do, you need to take it at a level that you make sure it's still comfortable for you and it's not sharp stabbing pains when you're doing it. The second thing, which is, this is another kind of thing that irks me, but the second thing is wearing like an ankle brace all the time for every activity you do. It kind of kills me because yes, you are protecting your ankle if you usually don't do a lot of high impact activities or a big place you see it is basketball all the time. You see kids and adults always strapping themselves up in these ankle braces and they're like, oh, well, this is the only way I can play. And they try to keep them on for every activity that they do. And um, sometimes I've seen them still worn in the gym as well. And it kills me because you're basically just putting your ankle in this fixed range and you're not allowing it to try to defend for itself or try to do some strength stuff for itself. You're just kind of keeping it kind of suffocated and wrapped up in that brace. Not to say braces aren't bad for some purposes in some situations, but most of the time working, if you're working on stuff in the gym, taking the brace off starting with lighter loads and progressing your way up properly is going to be the way that you can strengthen your ankle back up versus always having to rely on a brace. What I think you should do instead, if you're saying, well, how do I work my ankle properly? Work on single leg balance. So that literally means just having one foot on the ground, taking one foot off and trying to hold that balance nice and steady. If that's too easy, you can also close your eyes, which then takes that sight element out of it and it makes a lot of balancing exercises a lot more challenging and difficult and you really have to focus in. Um, then I would also work on uh, both foot and tibia work. So what do I mean by that? So footwork, I would work on um, basically getting a ball. It can be a tennis ball, it can be a golf ball, it can be a lacrosse ball, whatever it is. And you're kind of just trying to massage some of those areas around the base of your foot, um, loosen up some of that stuff that could be very tight and not really relaxing enough. What else you can do is there's a couple other therapy exercises you can do, some toe curls um, that work on towels and other specific ones. But I would work on just rolling out your feet at first, doing kind of a minute per foot using one of those balls. And then you want to work on tibia work next. And what do I mean by tibia work? It's basically the front part where your shin is. You're trying to work on some of those. And there's some tibia curls you can do and also some standing wall kind of tibia curls. And I would work on those. Uh, it should actually be out by the time this comes out. I'm going to have a foot and ankle kind of guided workout video that you can go along. It's like seven minutes. Um, it might be a good thing to practice three times a week or so to be able to watch that. And it should help with some of these um, ankle, foot, um, kind of calf issues that a lot of people might be experiencing. So check out for that video. But just remember going over each of these four, um, those shoulders, the hips, the knees, and the ankles, 
in general, it's all about just working the right angle, not being too, not being too kind of like jerky with some of your motions or um, having too high of impact at certain points in time, but just trying to get some nice activation of other muscles around those areas to work on that. If that sounds all really detailed and complex, you can always shoot me a question. Um, you'll find some of my um, links and some of my social media. Uh, you can find it at the website fossmovementtraining.com or you can always reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook where I have pages there. Just remember that I'm not going to quit on you and neither should your joints. So make sure not to put up any excuses that are just actually laziness in the making and try to attempt to find a path where you can actually get towards this alternative fitness goal that you're trying to reach. I thank you for your time and I thank you for being here and I hope to see and hear from you as the week goes on. But until next week, signing off.